Today's episode is brought to you by the podcast Rooted in Retail by Crystal Volkaitis. Rooted in Retail is dedicated to helping you, the independent retailer, thrive in an ever-changing retail landscape. Crystal has incredible guests with years of experience in and around retail every single week. She's inventive, creative, inspiring, and a fantastic interviewer. From marketing to mindset, from merchandising to money, from sales to leadership, they really cover it all. It is seriously such a great podcast for small businesses and independent retailers to listen to. You get to hear from voices all around the industry and learn about their expertise. Crystal will be also hosting her annual Evolve Marketing and Social Media Conference in Denver in April 2024. Until the end of 2023, you can get super early bird pricing, so there's only a couple days left for this. I attended the conference last year and will be again in this upcoming year. Crystal is starting to unveil her speakers, and really, it is a star-studded list. You will want to attend and learn from these people. Last year, I took away a notebook full of information that I've been implementing all year long to help improve Hard on Main Street's presence, and I absolutely recommend that you sign up. You can use the link in our show notes to register for that conference. Rooted in Retail and Crystal Media, they are rooting for your success. Welcome to Main Street Matters by Heart on Main Street, the podcast that's dedicated to helping the independent retail community by sharing their stories and providing tips on how to grow your business and thrive within your local economy. I am your host, Patrick Kaiser. A couple notes before we get started. Our merch shop is officially live on our website. It's been great seeing orders already being placed. Thank you so much to those who have already ordered. If this is the first time that you've heard about our merch shop, you can go to heartonmainstreet.org shop to buy t-shirts, water bottles, hoodies, tote bags, and phone cases to show your support of local businesses and the Main Street movement. The money generated from this will go towards our mission to help Main Street retailers thrive, so it's a fantastic cause to support. If you'd like to show support for our organization in other ways, you can register for one of our webinars through our website. We really appreciate your support. Every month we strive to bring you great educational content for free with experts in their field. This year alone, we have talked about social media skills, event planning, visual merchandising, customer experience strategies, holiday window decorating, price setting, live selling, job posting, interviewing, e-commerce strategies, and so many other things. You can also find a great network of companies that specialize in helping independent retailers through our website. We call it our Friends of Main Street Network. These are all companies that provide services to independent retailers. They know your challenges, they know businesses like yours, and they want to help you be more successful. You can find marketing companies, social media companies, visual merchandisers, financial services, companies that help with legal advice, real estate advice, website development, and design and branding companies. All sorts of things to help your business grow. You can find that all on our website, heartonmainstreet.org. Lastly, we're going to have a live, in-person Main Street Mastery education event in Dallas on January 10th during the Dallas Total Home and Gift Show. We're going to have Lynn Falk from Retail Works Inc. there talking about store design and visual merchandising ideas. 
So if you're a home or a gift store or sell those items or wanna learn about this topic or just come meet up in person, definitely register for this event. Spots are limited. A lot of them have already filled up already. So please, you can go to our website, register there. Once again, that is heartonmainstreet.org. So enough announcements for today. I am so excited to talk about today's episode. I teased a couple weeks ago that the town that we'll be talking about today is maybe one of my favorite Main Street Monday towns that I've visited so far. And I know that's kind of like picking one of your kids. I only have one, so I actually can say I have a favorite right now. But, you know, it's hard to say which is actually a favorite. If you're not familiar with our Main Street Monday concept, a quick refresher. Every Monday, or most Mondays, I travel out to see a Main Street area to meet with retailers, learn about them, about their store, why they got into owning a retail business, what the community does to help support independent retailers in their area, and of course, talk about Hard on Main Street and the work that we do. You can follow along with my travels by following us on Instagram. Our handle is at Heart on Main Street, all one word. I do a live from the town and I do a tour of the town and I feature stores through our stories, which then those live in our highlights. So if you ever wanna go back and look at any of the towns that we've visited so far, you can check those out on our profile page. We are concluding 2023 with 25 towns under our belt, and I'm planning for about another 40 for 2024. We started this in April, so I think kind of having those extra three months of the year, we'll have about 40 coming up this year. If you'd like your town to be part of a Main Street Monday, send me an email at contact at heartonmainstreet.org. I would love to see where you live. Our last Main Street Monday podcast, I talked about Dubuque, Iowa, which is located along the Mississippi River. Well, we're floating down the Mississippi, potentially on a raft, a little further to visit the town of Hannibal, Missouri. You can find this incredibly charming downtown area 100 miles north of St. Louis. And despite having a population of only about 17,000 people, Hannibal has become a major year-round tourist attraction and even has a stop on the Viking Cruise Line's America's Heartland Cruise. So, can I talk about why that is and why even Viking Cruise is stopping off in Hannibal, Missouri. As soon as I saw this town during my research of where to go, I knew immediately that this is a town that I wanted to visit. I've said in previous podcasts that I am a book nerd. I love to read. I love mysteries and science fiction. I love classic books, you know, the ones that everyone knows but no one's ever read. So as soon as I saw Hannibal, Missouri, my antennas went up. I know of this town. So I packed a day bag, I got up super early, I hit the road, and I found found myself in Hannibal by about brunch time. With Hannibal's 1800s architecture and location along the Mississippi, one could really be forgiven if they thought they had entered into a novel featuring Tom Sawyer or Huckleberry Finn while walking along the main street past whitewashed fences. Hannibal was, in fact, Mark Twain's boyhood home and the inspiration for these stories after all. The town is teeming with American history. I first read these books when I was a little-ish kid. There was a Tom and Huck movie starring Jonathan Taylor Thomas that came out when I was little, and that 
inspired me to read the source materials. And I had always kind of envisioned myself in their likeness, a little mischief maker, having good intentions, but always looking for adventure. I was impressed right away by the town. They've absolutely leaned into being the boyhood home of Mark Twain. There are statues of Mark Twain, statues of the boys, signs all around downtown with quotes from Twain. They know why a majority of people come to their town. They know they are a slice of Americana that people want to see and that they crave. And they've made sure to provide that audience with what it wants. So I'm sure Twain would be proud. In visiting of Hannibal today, you'd be impressed by the beautifully renovated buildings, the fun historic murals, the homages to its famous former resident, but the town's visitor bureau tells you that the downtown has not always been like this, and actually a great effort has been put into what you see today. In 1993, the town was devastated by terrible flooding from the Mississippi which left shops and restaurants underwater. Now, Hannibal has invested and recently repaired levees that completely transformed the riverfront from the bottom to the top in order to keep floodwaters at bay. Today, when the river floods, the infrastructures are in place to help the downtown and keep it safe from harm. Shortly after this great flood, Merchants of Hannibal decided to band together to help restore and revitalize the downtown area. They formed the Historic Hannibal Merchants Council, or the HHMC, in 1996. Members of the HHMC strategized to organize events to bring people to their stores and shops and restaurants. They currently host several events, including Chocolate Extravaganza, the Great Girlfriend Getaway Weekend, Mark Twain on Main Festival, Oktoberfest, Haunted Halloween, Pumpkin Extravaganza, and the Victorian Festival of Christmas. Hundreds of thousands of people come to Hannibal every year because of these events, and the events thrown by the Visitors Bureau and the Junior Chamber. I have long been a proponent of towns having events in order to drive people into the downtown area. Throughout this podcast, I have highlighted many towns that have done this really well in order to bring hundreds of thousands of people to their town throughout the year. But oh my gosh, does Hannibal take this to another level. I'm just going to read off these events to give you an idea of the different things that they have going on in their town in a particular year. And I'm going to preface this with the fact that Hannibal is a uniquely historic town and that some of these events would not make sense to do in another town. But that's like 10 to 20% of them. The rest of these are things that any town could invest in to bring more visitors to their area. There's a lot, so hang on. Every month, the second Saturday is a gallery walk. January 15 was Unity is Up to All of Us. January 21st, Pedal Power. January 28th was the annual chili cook-off. March 10th to 12th is chocolate extravaganza. April 1st is the Quilters and Crafters Vendors Fair. I'll talk a little bit more about that later on. April 16th was the last dinner on the Titanic because, oh yeah, the unsinkable Molly Brown is also from Hannibal. 
April 14th to 15th, the Big River Comic Convention. April 29th was Hannibal JC's Wingding. April 28th to 30th is the Great Girlfriend Getaway. During May through August, there is Movies in the Park. May 19th and June 16th, Down by the River Concert Series. May 13th is the Loafers Club Car Show. May 27th to 28th was the Twain on Main Festival. June through August, Music Under the Stars Concert Series. June 9th to 10th, the Rotary River Fest. June 9th was Juneteenth, Art and, and Education. June 15th to 28th was the Juneteenth Celebration and Festival. June 30th to July 4th is National Tom Sawyer Days. July 1st is the 5K, 10K, 15K, uh, the Hannibal Cannibal. August 5th, Wild and Wacky Art Adventure as well as the Steampunk Festival that's going on August 1st to the 4th. September 24th to 30th, the Huck Finn Freedom Center Anniversary Celebration, Jim's Journey. September 16th is Diversity Days. They also have the Harvest Hootenanny Festival. August 21st to 22nd is the Hannibal Folklife Festival. Throughout October, is the Haunted Hannibal Halloween Festival, as well as JC's Warehouse of Nightmares. October 28th, JC's Halloween Parade. Also the Living Dead Windows. October 28th, Pumpkins in the Park. October 31st, Main Street Trunk or Treat, as well as the annual Halloween Party. There's also Pumpkin Palooza. November 11th is the Veterans Day Parade. November 25th through December is Meet Santa at Santa's Workshop, November, uh, as well as the Victoria Festival of Christmas. November 25th is Mark Twain's annual birthday bash. December 2nd, the Hannibal JC's Christmas Parade. December 9th, Historic Hannibal Living Windows. So as you can see, over 40 different events, different things that they're doing to bring excitement to the community and have different things going on. When these visitors arrive, they find a town full of history, beautiful buildings, tremendous retail opportunities. One such store is a 4,000 square foot gift kitchen and specialty food store called the Mississippi Marketplace. This store, which views itself as the town's general store, carries national brands as well as products specifically local to Missouri and Hannibal. The owner of the Mississippi Marketplace pride themselves on having a small town feel and catering to local residents. They host in-store cooking and decorating classes, and they like to know the names and the stories of their vendors that they work with. They also send out gift boxes to people around the holidays of different items from their store. There is such a focus on being local and supporting the community. I did a short interview with the owner's daughter who is now a co-owner and general manager and works full-time at Mississippi Marketplace and about their store and the importance of that to their community. I hope you enjoy. Um, so backstory on our store in particular. Um, so the building was built in 1879. 
which is really cool. It's built into a hill. Um, so, and I'll take you and I'll show you so you yeah, can see it great. if you want. I would love that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it's really cool. There was no heating or air conditioning. They're still not past this door. Okay. And it was not installed until 15 years ago. Okay, so a good 125 years, 50 years that you're without air conditioning. Fun. Yeah. Yes. (laughs) Um, But honestly, it stays like pretty temperate. Like, it's pretty cool. It's 67. Yeah, it's not bad in here. Yeah. Haven't really had the heat on this morning, but um, the floors are original. The brick walls are original. um, And so it's just still like, of course, everything outside is original. It's just a really cool old building. Still has dirt floor basements. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, there's some wild stuff downstairs. There's like a set of tires and like an old car door from like the 50s. Okay. And you said you have basement. no idea what this, no one has any idea what this was originally built as. No, they have no idea. Um, historians, they don't have record until like, I think early 1900s of what it was. Huh. We were just, we're just like a little weird enigma. Yeah. Nobody knows. Um, so yeah, that's kind of the story of the building. Super cool. We get some ghost people in here every once in a while, okay. some paranormal people. Um, and so we've had some of those people come in. I mean, they wanted to come in, so we're like, sure. Yeah. And uh, they can kind of tell us like, oh, we have some spirits in here. Okay. Um, they don't really bother us, so. Yeah. You haven't seen anything flying around or? Well, you know, sometimes some like really weird stuff falls off okay. the shelves, but. Um, Normally, we think like if it's ghosts, this is just my mom and I theory. <laughs> it doesn't break. Like, and normally, like in a candy bag, it's very thin. Yeah. It has to be clear. Um, if you knock it off the shelf, it immediately breaks. But sometimes we just find them like lying on the ground in the mornings. They're not broken. Just, oh, just okay. It's, it's interesting. This little ghost took it off and, and brought it down to the ground. We don't know. Yeah. It's wild. It's super wild. Yeah. Um, so then about our business in particular, so my parents opened the store about 10 and a half years ago. My mom used to work, um, she had a government job. I don't exactly know what she did, but she worked for a lot of the, um, organizations. She worked for GAM, which, um, so she worked for like writing policy, um, and helping people, um, women's and children's like WIC, um, and then getting people put back into jobs, like doing a lot of job oh, wow. training, yeah, um, helping with resumes, um, going with them to do retraining and getting them back into the workforce. So yeah. that's kind of what she did. And then, um, she decided that she was just tired and that she wanted to do something else. So she's like, she came down to Hannibal cause she knew she wanted a store in Hannibal. Uh, so she came down here and she was like, what do we, what do they not have? This was 10 years ago. And no one had any, like no one had a snack store. There was a popcorn store, um, but no one had a snack store. So I should find the pictures and show you when we first opened. There was, comparatively, there was like nothing in here. There was like four (laughs) tables on the other side and they each had like three pasta sauces. Um, And then, and then, yeah, and now we have today. Yeah, it's, yeah, 8,000 or 4,000 square feet. uh, Yeah. Gift and snacks and. Gifts, snacks, home decor, kitchen gadgets. Um, We had a kitchen gadgets in, I think. Oh, I don't know, it's probably been about five years now. There was a kitchen gadget store. It closed down, and okay. my mom was like, it just makes sense. Yeah. Um, so she added it in. So, yeah, uh, the really cool thing about our store is my um, siblings and my dad and I built and painted all of these green oh, shelves. Yeah. So they are unique to our store alone. Yeah. Um, and since then, my dad has passed away, so they're never going to be more of them. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, we came in, and 
that's okay. Yeah, I'm sorry. I appreciate that. That's, that. Yeah, it's I'm been sorry. a long that's... time. Um, but it's a cool story yeah. because everyone's like, your story is so unique. It's so cute. And when we opened, all these people were trying to buy our shelves. And my mom was like, no. <laughs> no. These are, no. Yeah. Um, They came in and they completely sanded down and refinished these floors to start off with. So they've done, um, they did a lot of work. And then we just keep going year after year. Yeah. So you're saying about events that like your mom does a ton yes. of events. She Tell me about what you got coming up. Person. Yeah. Okay. So let's see. So this past weekend we had pumpkin extravaganza. That's a new festival. It um, it's just, this was its second year. It was really fun though. So my mom created. We had a charcuterie and cocktail class. Okay. And so my mom created this Christmas. Um, Santa charcuterie board and so we just invite people in it's free they come in here I mixed up all the cocktails with all of our new stonewall mixers oh, okay yeah and they got to tell me which one they wanted and um, I gave those out while she was making this Santa and it takes about 45 minutes and we just teach people um you know this one was just like what do you start with when you're making a charcuterie board yeah. um print off a picture if you're trying to make something so you can see how it's gonna go yeah. just little tips that people don't think about so we had about 20 people in here Oh, my nose. It's like a small space. <laughs> we just keep shoving them yeah. and give them alcohol. Um, and then, yeah, we just and they get to eat the charcuterie board and drink their drinks and shop afterwards. Yeah, I love that. You're using the, uh, the Stonewall mixers to, uh, yeah. yeah, mix it. You know, this is how you could do it. And, yeah, hopefully they they bought some of that, too. So Yes, they did. Yeah. Um, it's always really fun to see what people want afterwards. Sure. Um, but then, like... Just things that you don't think about when you're, like, making a Santa's beard. You can just make a cheese bowl and roll it up into tiny little balls to make okay. his beard. Yeah. Instead of using whatever. Doing something extravagant. Or, right. Yeah. yeah. Um, it doesn't have to be extravagant to look good. It can be simple. Um, it still look really good. Yeah. And taste really good. So, yeah. let's see. So, starting next week is Shop Small Saturday. So, we don't have any events going on. We just have a bunch of sales happening. Okay. Um, we will have an absolutely slamming weekend. We are super super fortunate that Hannibal because we made it through COVID um Hannibal came and they supported us we were shut down for six weeks okay and um then we opened up for curbside and people would just call in their orders and we would just run them out to them yeah um my mom did that I wasn't here at that time um so we don't have anything happening but we have a bunch of sales and then like we have sales starting week long um November 27th and they will run through Christmas so this year we're doing a hot cocoa bomb class on um, December 23rd. It's free. We have two classes open. We give them everything that they need, and they just get to come in and do something cool with their families. Yeah. We try to do a bigger event like that every Saturday before Christmas. Okay. Um, just because, I mean, people's families are in and they want something to do. They, they need want to get something out of the house. exactly. Yeah. And we're like, come hang out with us. Yeah. Uh, so we did it last year, and we had. 30 people I think in here it's and it was a little crowded yeah. and I was like we need to tame that down <laughs> so in this space do. here it's, yes this okay space. yeah <laughs> I'm telling you she can shove more things and more people into a small space <laughs> she uh um and so then we're also going to be trying to do there is a a girl named Maddie and she um brings all the supplies and then you just hang out and you make cards with her and then she takes them to some um nursing homes or things oh. like that and so yeah. we're gonna try to get an event together with Maddie this year yeah um and what else are we doing oh living oh yeah I gotta look at the 
calendar. Living Windows is on December 9th. Ooh, okay. What's Living Windows? So that's really cool. It's like a reverse parade. Yeah. So all of the businesses pick a theme. They all pick a different theme. And they put a window together. And then we get in the window. Oh, fun. Um, physically yeah. And like act out a scene. Or mostly we just do like a lot of waving. So like yeah. last year we were the Christmas story. And we oh, yeah. had like Ralphie and all of, all of his different forms. So we had yeah. one in a bunny suit, one in a cowboy suit. We had um, the kid that like licks the pole yep okay um we had the leg lamp <laughs> yes someone was the leg yeah yeah lamp. yeah um and then like we had someone who was like the little brother and so we have just like we throw a couple like people the big, up like, there star yeah the yeah the big yeah. the uh big snowsuit that he yeah can't move in, in. The yeah. Red yeah. yes yeah. um and then they just go by and um people we stay in the window and everyone just goes past us and they cool. take pictures and we yeah yeah and, um, that's Living Windows. So we do it for Halloween and we do it for okay. Christmas. Is that like during the daytime or, or is that during store hours or after after hours? It or? starts at 5. Okay. So from 5 to 8. Yeah. And then every business does a different 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 thing, theme. And, usually. Yeah. So um, one year someone did Chevy Chase's Christmas and they actually parked an RV. Oh, no. Like oh, an no. old <laughs> RV outside of their store. It gets pretty intense. There used to be. Um, so it hasn't. For the last couple of years, there hasn't been a prize, but previous to that, the one of the local TV stations was like, we'll give you so much, like, commercial TV time. Or, okay. Um, like, airtime or something. Yeah. And, like, that was the prize. Yeah. So everyone was like, and they used when, to be judged. Yeah. So they went all out. We haven't had a prize in a couple of years. Okay. But, but. Yeah, everyone just hops in the window, and then um, it's especially fun for me because all of my friends fly in. Okay. For, I don't know why, um, but they fly in from all over thing. the U.S. Yeah. And then they just come and they dress up. They dress up as elves, and they like hop in the window for fifteen minutes, like another window, and then they just run around downtown. So much fun, yeah. yeah. And they take pictures with little kids, and they're, yeah. like, they're elves, and <laughs> you just think it's super cool. We have the Santa house, and so um, down the street, not we, but downtown does. Okay. And so it's open, and um, you can just go in and get your picture taken with Santa, and there's always a Santa in there. Yeah. Um. So yeah. Yeah. Just a ton of stuff going on, and all the time. What is the theme for this year that you guys? Is that top secret or? Oh, we don't know. Okay, um, so yes, it is. It's top secret. <laughs> well, yeah, we have to yeah. keep it a secret because some people like to steal ideas. Fair enough. Okay. Last year, um, oh no, last year we did a Christmas story. That one was a really good one. Yeah. So, yeah. you'll have to follow us. On I'll Facebook. have to absolutely. I will. Just yeah. see what we decide yeah. to do this year. Good. Also, it's a little bit of. Um, last minute like what, what can, can you get done? yeah what can you get done and while well, also running the business and yeah yeah we have an idea but my mom doesn't love it so okay gotcha we'll see okay. yeah so in your time of being how long have you been out with the store um so i have physically been here for two and a half years okay. and i used to do the marketing for a year before gotcha that, okay from my house with my big kid job yeah so we call it so what are the things that you've learned from coming in and you know working full-time retail and yeah it has been a wild adventure i'm sure especially the last two years has been and a year before that's been been pretty crazy yeah um so i by trade i'm actually a commodity trader okay yeah <laughs> all right so this is, <laughs> so this is quite a switch quite a, quite a switch yeah so i used to spend my days um was talking, that the, was that the big kid job that, was the, the, big kid that job. was the big kid job okay um talking to farmers and talking to um other elevators and end users yeah and buying grain yeah and then taking the grain and either putting it onto a train and selling it to you know another company or um 
I worked in several different locations through my years before I came here, or putting it onto a barge and getting it down to the Gulf, or um, at one point I worked for the ethanol plant, so buying it for an end user, okay. making sure it was a good enough price, getting the byproducts sold, and yeah. um, you know, kind of regulating all that. I did not regulate all that. Right, yeah, clear, it was, yes, it yeah. Was, Other people did the regulations. Yes. And part of a large <laughs> team of that. Um, but you have to be like, we're going to estimate, you know, during harvest, are we going to be full, are we going to, you know, things like that. Yeah. So that is actually what I'm trained to do. Interesting. I could see some some crossover there. I mean, from especially what you were just saying of like, are we going to be full, like kind of planning out inventory and things like that. Is that, yeah. do you see that or? No, yeah, definitely. Yeah, okay, yeah. Um, yeah, so there is a, a inventory and product management comes in a little bit on a much smaller scale. Sure, yeah. Um, my last job, are, we could hold 700,000 bushels of grain at okay, once. Okay, yeah. So it's 700 semi-trucks. And, you know, here, yeah. we don't have that capacity. It's not nice. Although yeah. we would some days like to. <laughs> um, <laughs> Want to have 7,000 semi-trucks. We would like to have some extra space some days. <laughs> it's a little tight sometimes, especially yeah. on Christmas. Um, so yeah, I have totally um, learned, you know, trends and a lot of psychology, retail and buying psychology that, um, has always interested me, but has more come into play and I've had to do a lot more learning on that side. Um, you know, like people, if you price something at $9.95, more people will pick it up and purchase it than if you price it at $10.59. Yes. Even though it's just a 50 cent difference. Um, and something of ending numbers in a nine or a five, it causes kind of that, that psychology of people to yes. are more willing to buy it then. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And like, if it ends in an eight, no one's going to buy it. Right. It just, that's yeah. Probably weird not things like that. True, but weird things like that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so yes, that has been a lot of learning. It has been a lot of more people management for me. Mm. Um, before I was the one being managed. Now I'm the one managing people. How um, big is the staff here? So, well, that's an interesting question. Um, so we typically hold a staff of seven, including Linda and I. Okay. Um, right now, I think we have one extra. We really right. we typically run one extra through the holidays. Good. Yeah. And then, in addition to our normal store staff. I have a completely separate project um, where I am putting together 1,400 Christmas boxes for a company. Oh, wow. And so yeah. I personally have a staff of five for that. Okay. So total at this time of year, we're running 12 okay. this year. Yeah. Um, 12 or 13. But then... typically during a normal year, we run like five to seven. Okay. Which, I mean, I know that is a issue with you know finding staff for uh for retail stores so it's i mean if you're overstaffed even like that's that's amazing yeah oh we're not overstaffed okay but oh gotcha okay well (laughs) if you had what you normally have plus one yeah it's yeah yeah so we have been um again super fortunate that we keep growing year Mm -hmm. by year so our staff demands this year are not the same as last year sure we need more people um especially because we've especially for my extra project. Uh, last year we did 900, this year we're doing 1400. Okay. Yeah. So, wow. So that, yeah. so that side project's really growing too. Yeah. It is. Yeah, good. It's a really Congrats. nice yeah. project. Good. <laughs> yeah, thank you. 
Uh, I also come from like the gift and wholesale uh, wholesale side. Cool. So I was wondering just kind of like what what lines are you doing well with? What are you seeing people coming in for? Kind of what are some of those trends? Yeah, so it was super interesting. Right after COVID, we saw a huge influx of home decor. Sure, yeah. Like everyone it, was wanting to. Everyone yeah. was wanting it. They wanted to change their house. They had been stuck in there for so long, and um, immediately following the next January, that dropped off. Yes. Um, yeah. Once people got in, like it didn't matter what it was or what price it was. Right after COVID, and people could get out, like like six to eight months, it sold, and um, we've seen in the last year and a half to two years probably we've seen a huge decrease in home decor and a much larger increase in food interesting okay yes um kitchen gadgets have steadily been increasing gotcha. okay. for us yeah. but my mom kitchen. how we split this my mom is in charge of the kitchen okay and i'm in charge of food and home decor okay we have a couple lines that cross but i do not try to touch her kitchen stuff because i don't know if you noticed but we don't label anything Okay. I know I, I have not yeah, I have not had a chance to so Yeah, so she we order ninety nine percent of our stuff by sight. Okay. We have an inventory system. We don't do very well trusting it because um you know we act we have a lot of stealing and theft going on, um a lot of people just destroying stuff. Oh wow, okay. Like and uh we have seen a large increase of that over the last year. Interesting. Yes. I wonder why. That's I mean yeah, I'm not expecting you to have an answer for that. That just, yeah, that, that's a... Uh, yeah. I don't have an answer, but I do think that has been industry-wide wide in retail. Okay. Um, there's just been an increase in theft and destruction. Yeah. Like, I, we find... So we have, like, some picks that go into the Christmas trees. Yeah. And, um, like, I will just find them, like, taken apart and destroyed and, like, shoved behind cabinets. What, what, what is the purpose of that? Why do they do that? They take apart our kitchen gadgets and like they'll hide them in different spots in the store. I'm not sure. That's frustrating and disrespectful and I'm sorry. That's, yeah. It is. I think it just is happening everywhere. Yeah. It's just kind of a... So like people should be better behaved than that. Well, they should be, but... <laughs> they are well, Okay, so kitchen is kind of a, a big area where you all are seeing growth and... Yes. Yeah. yeah. We're seeing a huge growth in kitchen. Um... And a, a, not necessarily a growth in food, but it has definitely switched over from home decor. Okay. Another wonderful establishment within Hannibal is Ayers Pottery. Ayers has been in business in Hannibal for 50 years. They have an in-store studio where they throw, paint, and fire the pottery to create unique handmade products. They also source it from different artists whom they meet at trade shows and represent their products within their store, too. The Ayers family is just a fixture within the community, and they are so invested in seeing Hannibal be successful. The owner, Steve, who again has his store there for 50 years, has three daughters who are still in Hannibal and play a big role within the community. In fact, the first person I ran into when I came into town was one of Ayers' daughters who looked at me and said, are you the guy from Hard on Main Street? Which took me back a little bit. I guess I stuck out like a sore thumb. But she told me that her one sister is over at the studio and waiting on me and that her other, uh, her other sister owns the local coffee shop, Java Jive. And as it turns out, as I was talking to other people throughout town, that sister also founded the HHMC. 
which is so refreshing to see a multi-generational business have such pride for the town and want to see its success and be so involved in the creation of this group of merchants that are working together to help save their main street. As I've been traveling, I've always been interested in the types of retail that do well in different areas. I come from a gift and home accessories background, so I am potentially drawn towards gift stores in order to see what lines they carry, what the new trends are, what they're doing well with. But the more areas I've visited, I've been amazed by the proliferation of quilt shops. I cannot really say that I had ever noticed quilt shops before, and I certainly did not notice the rabid following that they have until I started going out and visiting these towns. I don't think I've been into one quilt shop that has been empty yet. There are constantly people shopping for new fabrics, asking about patterns, getting help for a project calling in to talk to the owners about what's going on and different products that they have within their store. So I've become increasingly interested in the existence of quilt shops. And in Hannibal, with all of the things that people come to see, the Hickory Stuck Quilt Shop has become a destination in its own right. It as well is coming up on 50 years of business, and that is just so rare to have such longevity of businesses within town. But Hickory Stick has been featured in Missouri Living as the best quilt shop in the state. It has been featured in Better Home and Garden and calling it one of the top 10 quilt shops in the entire country. I think it was actually the, rated the fourth best quilt shop, but the owner told me top 10. Didn't really want to brag that much. Literally busloads of quilting enthusiasts come to Hannibal to visit that store. The store was beautiful, as you can imagine, with all of these accolades. When I visited, the owner was currently showing off an award-winning design that one of her employees had created, and there were dozens of other display pieces set up all around the store. It was really unique. It was really fun to see this, what I think is kind of a, a niche retail environment, be so successful in this town. Hannibal, Missouri is really a dream for those that love history, literature, architecture, and independent retail. The town is known for and celebrates being a unique part of American history. This element allows Hannibal to be known outside of its city limits, but there is so much more to the town than Twain. Every store and restaurant is independently owned and operated. And through the HHMC, the store owners have done an incredible job of ensuring that merchants have a voice in Hannibal. This has allowed great retail establishments to blossom and really allow its main street to thrive. I loved visiting Hannibal, as I really have with all of the other towns that I visited for Main Street Monday. Now we've gone on to visit more communities and I'm excited to bring you stories from these as well. You can follow along with our Main Street Monday series by following us on Instagram at heartonmainstreet. If you'd like your town to be featured as a Main Street Monday community, let me know. Send me an email at contact at heartonmainstreet.org. Put a comment on one of our videos or on this podcast. I'd love to see where you live. And if you'd like to do an interview, either for podcast or outside, I would love to talk to retail owners to find out more about their history and their stories. 
Next week, we'll be back out on the road talking about another town, Howell, Michigan. I hope you enjoyed this as much as I enjoyed bringing it to you. Have a safe and happy new year, and I'll talk to you all in 2024. Take care. This episode was written, produced, researched, and edited by me, Patrick Kaiser. If you'd like to learn more about our organization, you can visit heartonmainstreet.org. Thank you so much.